This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Here we are, folks, on the eve of the long-awaited October meeting of the Synod of Bishops for the Synod on Synodality, a synod on meetings, as far as I can tell what it is. Here we're told that the hand-picked bishops and hand-picked lady will be meeting in secret, and they, they will abandon ideology and discuss how to make the church more synodal, whatever that means. What we've seen in the lead-up to this meeting is nothing short of naked, unbridled ideology, largely from the people who push Francis to be even more radical than he already is. We've seen calls for the church to change her teachings on the ordination of women. We've seen calls for the church to embrace the James Martin sin. We've seen calls for the church to abandon her teachings on the priesthood and who governs the church and the rest of it, really. In short, we've seen a call for a secularized, Protestantized Catholic church to emerge on the other side of this process. Those of us who object to this are called some rather awful names, especially considering that we base our fears on the fact that Francis often encourages these radical groups by claiming that their work is the movement of the Holy Spirit. Prayer, penance, and fasting are called for to prevent this from going off the rails completely. The laity in many quarters are afraid. Bishops and cardinals, too, have very real concerns. One of them is Cardinal Mueller, who gave an interview over the weekend about this synod to a German news outlet, and I'll go over it with you here. He expresses what many Catholics who are either traditionalists or who are just very conservative have to say about the synod. And in so doing, Cardinal Mueller challenges the bishops and cardinals present to remain Catholic despite whatever goes on at the synod and to not descend into an embrace of evil secular ideologies. As Catholics, we're called to be better than that. Now, in the first questions, he's asked about what he hopes to learn at the synod. His response isn't to answer the question so much, but to challenge the bishops by reminding them of who and what they are. Quote, By virtue of his ordination, a bishop is the successor of the apostles. He is commissioned to lead the priestly people of God as shepherd, with the gospel, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord and head of the church, and by virtue of his guiding spirit, to teach and sanctify with the sacraments of grace. With the apostolic succession, the bishops received the reliable charism of truth, as it pleased God, but everyone else who doesn't want to know anything about this succession, which goes back to the origin, and gathers anywhere at will, is suspected of being either heretics with evil in mind, or schismatics. All these people abandon the truth. I hope that the truth of Christ determines the direction of the synod, and not a group of dynamic process that leads the participants in the direction of an anti-Christian anthropology that questions the dual nature of humanity created by God. This blatant contradiction to the divine in Catholic faith is often veiled with an alleged pastoral care for people with some kind of preference of the flesh. The standard of Christian thought is man, for whose sake the Son of God became man and redeemed us from sin and death through his death on the cross. Because the propagandists of these anti-scientific and anti-revelation ideologies are actually not concerned with human happiness and the eternal salvation of people who are created in God's image and likeness, but rather with the relativization and thus destruction of the natural and sacramental marriage as ordained by God and nature. 
A fictitious blessing of James Martin Couples is not only a blasphemy against the creator of the world and man, but also a serious sin against the salvation of the people affected, who are led to believe that activity suitable to the married state outside of marriage is godly. Christians do not hide behind anti-faith ideologies and arbitrary positivist legislation that obviously contradict reason, which is oriented towards natural and revealed reality, end quote. Look, the nature and limitations to the sacrament of holy matrimony are clearly under attack. The church is now in the same debate as the secular world was from the late 1990s until the 2010s. Now, as much deception is involved in the internal church debate on that topic as it was in the secular debate, we're told that the church won't be trying to bless the secular parody of the nuptial sacrament itself, only essentially deep, committed friendships. They say this thinking observers are dumb, when in reality, no one is fooled by this, least of all the handful of better bishops willing to speak up about this issue. The maddening thing about this debate is that at the time of the recording of this, even cardinals invited by Francis to attend, like Cardinal Mueller, don't know what the rules are going to be for speaking at the synod itself. If the organizers keep the participants in the dark about the rules for the debate, or worse, if they keep some of the participants in the dark about these rules while letting others know about it, it's a great way to ensure that the debate is either pure chaos or very, very one-sided. Mueller hints at this being a possibility here. Quote, Unfortunately, how the synod works is not yet clear. It would be right if all bishops, without exception, spoke in the plenary session for at least three to five minutes. The work in the small groups, the circuli minores, would supplement and concretize this and serve to prepare for the final document, the individual points of which will be presented for voting. Only with the greatest possible transparency can the impression be avoided that the working methods are in the service of an agenda whose results are manipulated using questionable methods. Everyone sees through the talk about freedom that should be guaranteed by watertight isolation from the media which one secretly feeds, even if, like the child in the parable, they don't dare to say that the emperor is naked, end quote. Again, the translation leaves a little something to be desired, but here Cardinal Mueller is using an emperor's new clothes analogy, and I find that to be interesting. I'm not sure if he's suggesting that Francis is the emperor here or if the synodal process is. I suspect the latter, and it suggests that very few people, save for himself and a few others, have noticed that the synodal process is a, has a predetermined outcome. That possibility is hinted at in his final comment, where, in a rather lengthy statement, he challenges the faithful, and especially the bishops at the synod, to remain faithful to the church over everything else. Cardinal Mueller is asked about his concerns for the Synod, and he takes the opportunity to respond by challenging the bishops and laity to reject ideologies of the world, including the ones ruling America and the Western world now with their dogmatic relativism that rejects the reality and limitations of nature, uses science as a cudgel, and attempts to impose a sort of tyranny on those who object to their claims. He does so by quoting a Vatican II document here, De Verbum, though, it's not a section that those of us who view those documents with suspicion typically object to. So, Cardinal Mueller's probably hardest-hitting statement, quote, In view of the discussions in advance and the false expectations of a correction of revelation, which is unfailingly present in the dogmatic teaching of the Church, 
In this sense of the naturalistic view of man, in which man is just the accidental product of a blind development, instead of, thi of a thinking spirit that understands the world in light of God's creation and will to salvation, I would like to draw particular attention to Vatican II with the dogmatic constitution on the divine revelation de verbum. We remain Catholic only if we believe and confess that God has revealed himself once for all in Jesus Christ, his Son, full of grace and truth. What God has revealed for the salvation of all peoples, he decreed in goodness, should be preserved intact for all time and passed on to all generations. Therefore, Christ the Lord, in whom the entire revelation of the Most High God is completed, commanded the apostles to preach to everyone the gospel, which he himself brought as the fulfillment of the prophetic promise made earlier and personally proclaimed publicly, as the source of all salvation, truth, and moral teachings, and thus to communicate divine gifts to them. This has been faithfully carried out, both by the apostles, who passed on by oral preaching, by example, and by institutions, what they had received from Christ's mouth, in association with him and through his works, or what they had learned under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as well as through those apostles and apostolic men who, under the inspiration of the same Holy Spirit, wrote down the message of salvation, in order that the gospel may be preserved forever intact and alive in the church. The apostles left behind bishops as their successors and delivered to them their own authority, teaching authority. The person who believes in God differs fundamentally from his ideologically seduced contemporaries in that he sees himself as a hearer of the word of God. He confesses to Jesus, the only teacher of truth and author of life, and in no other name is salvation to be found. For there is no other name under heaven but given to us men by which we should be saved. Against the historical and modernist Gnostics of today, Irenaeus of Lyon, to whom Pope Francis bestowed the honorary title, Dr. Ecclesia, already stated in the second century that the Christ, that with Christ the full truth and all newness entered history, which no one had idealistic or materialist philosophy and human science and engineering and technology. I contradict all heretics. Read more carefully the gospel given to us by the apostles, and read the prophets more carefully. You will find in it the entire work, the entire teaching, in the entire passion of our, that of our Lord foretold. But should you come to the idea of asking, what new did the Lord bring by coming? So take note that Christ only brought new things. Today's Christian does not locate himself horizontally on the ideological and political spectrum from left to right, nor can it be classified as conservative or progressive in the scheme of belief in progress. A Christian is the one who, with his mind and will, offers God the obedience of faith, and willingly consents to his revelation. Christians, in the sense of the Catholic faith, can only be called those who are, quote, fully integrated into the community of the church and in possession of the Spirit of Christ, who accept its entire order and all the means of salvation established in it, and in their visible union with Christ, who gives them through the Pope and the bishops are connected, and this through the bonds of the creed the sacraments, and the ecclesiastical government and community. End very lengthy quote. He's making a pretty big accusation there. The people pushing for these radical changes in the faith of the synodal process have given themselves over to ideological, secular thinking. Ironically, Cardinal Mueller here is making the same accusation that Francis makes against traditional Catholics, 
who he accuses of replacing Catholicism with an ideology. Francis accuses us of being faithless. Yet here we see Mueller accuse the modernists of doing the same thing. It's like when any of us accuses them of trying to secularize the faith. The secular world has no faith in anything except the political and ideological whims of those directing the culture. And at the moment, the people pulling society's strings have gone off the deep end, ideologically speaking, and have left rationality far behind. Mueller here is accusing the radicals at the Synod of basically doing the same thing. And honestly, despite my theological disagreements with Cardinal Mueller, because he has said some kind of questionable things like most of the bishops have at one point or another, Despite all that, I do love seeing him just brutally but peacefully give the modernists a taste of their own medicine. I wish more of the bishops would actually do the same thing, quite frankly. But I'm curious, what do you think about this? If you want to read the full interview for yourself, I'll have it linked in today's show notes at returntotradition.org. Do you agree with Cardinal Mueller? Does he not go far enough for you? Do you wish he'd write a little more simply? (laughs) What do you think? Let me know in the comments, please, and hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps too. And thanks again to the patrons of this channel. Your your support is greatly appreciated. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.